Lending Era, the podcast where we dive into the world of residential, business and commercial finance, bringing you expert insight, tips and strategies to help you navigate the intricate landscape of lending in Australia. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica, and in today's episode, I am joined by my regular co-host and Trilogy Funding's Managing Director, David Thomas. Hey, Jess. How are you? I'm good, Dave. How are you? I'm pretty good for this week. You're excited today? I'm excited. I am excited. And this is the reason why. Oh, we can all see it. But for those who are listening, given this is a audio format, um, today we are very excited to welcome in a very special guest speaker today with industry honours and awards to the tune of Micro Business Owner of the Year, Professional Service Business of the Year and Real Estate and Property Service Business of the Year. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome the buyer's agent extraordinaire herself, Penny Hyde. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks, Penny, for joining us. We're both very excited to have you here today. Yep. Yeah, look, it's been uh, something we've wanted to do is get some special guests on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's great to have Penny here. Beautiful. Okay, and today we are going to be kind of, well, more so me, I'm going to be quizzing uh, David and Penny about what a buyer's agent does for those who are particularly new to the concept and how they differ from your traditional real estate agent. And then a little later on in the piece, we're going to run through our 20 questions to ask at an open home, which is something that Penny has prepared. And I'm I'm very interested in this concept. I'm, I'm sure I will not know any of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, especially considering we've done so many podcasts about helping people with the property market, but we have not touched on buyer's agents no. or what they do or, or what they can offer clients. So... I think today will be a good podcast. It's a good value add, this one. Now, let's start from the ground up here, Penny. Would you mind telling us a little bit about how you got into the real estate sector? Yeah, so I've been in the Canberra real estate sector for almost 18 years now. Wow. Um, my son was three months old when I first started. Don't recommend doing that. That was a bit crazy. <laughs> but I had bought and sold um, a few properties myself. And one of the agents that I had done that through um, drove past our house and pulled into the driveway as I was sitting out the front. I just decided to give real estate a go. He'd been trying to get me to work with him for a while and had just decided, yep, yep I'll, I'll try this real estate thing and see how it goes. Yep. And um, he pulled in, said that he'd just bought the company and wanted me to come work with him. So it was a oh, bit wow. of a golden moment to, to have that all collide at the same time. And 18 years later, I am here. I'm still doing it, still loving it. I'll be yeah. one of those old ladies in real estate with the big hair and the big lipstick <laughs> at 100, still doing this. So. Making an impact visually. That's the way we like to see those girls. <laughs> Beautiful. And so where did the transition from real estate agent to kind of buyer's agent occur? So that was probably about six years after I was selling real estate. Yeah. I had gotten to the point where it was so easy to sway people to add $10,000 more to their bid, yeah. sometimes even more than that without them actually needing to. And a part of me just felt that was just so wrong. Morally, yeah. it wasn't sitting well with me anymore. Um, so at that point, I quit my job. I went to Japan skiing for six weeks and thought, right, what am I going to do? And whilst I was over there, I received an email um, from a friend who had a uh, another friend, their daughter was living on resis and needed to move out. They were moving overseas a week later and oh couldn't help her. Yeah. And they're like, can you just find us a rental? And I was like, mm -hmm. absolutely. Scrabbled around in the background to get everything in order to be able to, to do that for her. And that was our very first client. 
Oh, wow. And we found them a rental property. She moved into it. And coincidentally, about probably four months ago, her parents actually came back to me and we bought them a property. Um, and we didn't realise until we were halfway through and I met her daughter and we were both looking at each other and going, I think you look really <laughs> realised that was our first client. So that's how I got into it. And we've been helping people buy real estate in Canberra and rentals and investments ever since. Yeah, it seems like a very interesting niche in the real estate. It's like almost being a private investigator. Yeah, it's definitely not very well known. Um, mm. th- there's not a week that goes by that someone goes, what What do you do? What's a buyer's <laughs> agent? Um, so especially in Canberra too, it's not very common. If you go to Sydney or Melbourne, um, mm. uh, there's a lot more visibility around what we do there for, for this role. But yeah, in Canberra, it is a little bit niche. Yeah. And I quite often talk to clients about buyer's agents, you know, all the time, especially when they're looking at buying an investment property or something like that. And a lot of people have this kind of misconception that a real estate agent is a sales agent that's meant to help the buyer buy the property. Mm -hmm. They're not. They're there to sell the property for the vendor for the highest possible price. Correct. Okay. And if you aren't educated in that area, then having a buyer's agent is a great way to have someone on your side of the fence that's helping you make that transaction um, to secure a property at the right value and sometimes just the right property. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Um, just that whole education piece. And I think whenever I've talked to buyer's agents previously, the knowledge that they have in a certain area just becomes really, really clear. Mm. And there's little things like, Deacon and, and, say, Garen or Hughes are 400 metres apart, but they're $400,000 apart, right? And why is that the case, you know? And that's what a buyer's agent knows and understands. They, yeah. they're, they're granular in the areas that they're looking at. Yeah, absolutely. And you can come down to within a suburb, there's some streets you want to be in and some streets you don't want to be in. Yeah. And if you don't have that knowledge, you could be making some really big financial and lifestyle mistakes there yeah. too. Yeah, lifestyle mistakes. Um uh, kids' school zoning areas, mm-hmm. you know, which side of the street. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, all those kind of things come into it. And that's what I've found buyers' agents usually have their finger on the pulse with. So, yeah. yeah. And would you say that the key difference between yourself as a buyer's agent and a real estate agent selling is you act on behalf of a buyer rather than a seller? Yeah, absolutely. I think a real estate agent and a buyer's agent are two sides to the same coin. Yeah. But we do completely different things. Sales agents are bound by legislation to actually work in the best interest of their client, which is the vendor. Mm -hmm. That means you as a buyer don't get a look in. They're not there to look after you. They're there to look after their buyer, uh, their vendor, sorry. Uh, So us as a buyer's agent, we work solely for you as the buyer. So your best interests are what guide us in what we do in our work. We are there to protect you. We are there to make sure you get the right property. We are there to make sure you don't pay too much for it as well. Mm -hmm. And in that that area, you're then part of the negotiations as well with the other agent, I would say? Yeah, absolutely. That's a big, big part of what we do is negotiating. Um, A lot of people don't spend $3 million in a day like I did yesterday on property. (laughs) So they're not very particularly well-versed on it and they shouldn't be. When clients come to us, I don't expect them to know anything. We're their expert. That's why they employ us. We negotiate on their behalf. We attend auctions. Oh, wow. Uh, we find off-market properties for people that they won't see on real estate portals. Um, so we do all of that legwork to bring them just the cream of the crop properties for them yeah. to look at. And I know uh, us especially, we've got clients who will be on their third or fourth pre-approval in two years 
but they still resist using the help because they think they can do it themselves. But at what point do you kind of pull the pin and say, my time is worth more to me? Yeah. I just need a home. Especially in an upward trending market. You know, mm. if, if they've got to pay a little bit extra to get a buyer's agent that finds them the right property and helps them obtain a property within 90 days, as opposed to missing out on three or four properties and, mm-hmm. then, and then spending six months or nine months or 12 months to get into the market, they should have just spent the money earlier on. Yeah. And then they would have been in the market. They would have got the benefit of the capital growth. Um, I think that's where buyers agents really can help people just guide them into the transaction. I totally agree. Now, let's talk a little bit here about this topic of the 20 questions that you've prepared for us, Penny. We're both very interested in this. I know I probably asked two questions when I purchased my first home, and I guarantee neither will make it to the list because <laughs> they were stupid questions. <laughs> Something to do with a doggy door, I believe, and then the fake grass's age. Um, yeah. Both useless pieces of information. <laughs> I think most people go to an open home and they just look at the walls and look at the kitchen yeah. and, you know, make sure the neighbourhood looks nice. But the whole point of going to an open home is to find out information. Mm-hmm. So we do have a, a flyer that we can hand out to you um, that gives you 20 different questions about all sorts of different topics in there. But the goal with this is to find out information. So some of the top questions in here, and real estate agents might not like this, but on a listing agreement, an agent has to give a price range of where they think that property is going to sell for. Yes. That is on every agreement in the ACT. When you're at that open home, ask the agent, what do you think it'll sell for? A lot of the time you might go, oh, we don't know. It's the first weekend, whatever. Mm -hmm. Ask them, what did you write on your agency agreement? Yeah. A lot of the time it's quite hard to price property. Everything goes to auctioning. Well, just about everything goes to auctioning (laughs) in Canberra. So it can be really hard to get an idea of where that market is sitting when it comes to the value of property. So that would be my first question. Ask where they think it's going to go. The follow-up question is that your pricing or is that the owner's? So you, the yeah. big thing there, you're trying to pull that owner into the equation. Yeah. For a lot of people, selling is not just about getting the best price. There are other terms and conditions that might be important to them. So another really great question to ask at an open home is about the owner. A couple of examples of that, why are they selling? Mm-hmm. Is price the most important thing? Yes, settlement terms flexible. Find out if they need a longer settlement. Do they need a shorter settlement? Um, can you move in earlier? Do they need to rent the property back from you yeah. after you purchase it? So find out all of those little bits of information because that's going to actually lead you into making an offer that's really attractive to the owners. Well, yeah, because without asking those questions, you could put forward a 30-day finance offer and if they want 90, that's diddly to them, isn't it? Yeah, it's not going to matter. You're not going to get a look in. And also that piece about the licence to occupy in terms of, you know, are they looking to stay on in the property for a little bit or can I get in early and pay them some rent? So, yeah, yeah, all these are really important things. Brilliant. Well, let's make our way through. Okay. Let's have a chat. So first question, uh, why is the home on the market? Yeah, that is a good one. I I wouldn't really think to ask that. I'd just naturally be, oh, maybe they're upsizing, maybe they're downsizing. There's usually a bit more to it. Yeah, and especially if it's one of the the Ds, you know, desperate divorce or death, um, that that means you've got a motivated vendor. Exactly, and that's what the source of that question is to find out what information you can use there to to your advantage. I've never heard of that. I've never even heard of the analogy of three Ds, but it's it's true. They are very motivating reasons to complete a transaction quickly, Quickly. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And, And they're reasons that price is not the selling factor. Yeah. Yeah. Process over price. Process over price. (laughs) (laughs) 
Number two, uh, have the owners already bought elsewhere? This ah. again. Now we would get this all the time at our end of the out at our end of the business is because if they have already purchased somewhere else. They've either got a settlement time frame to work with, so they're extremely motivated, mm-hmm. or they've got bridging finance in place and it's extremely costly. Exactly. So these are these are definitely things that give you kind of information about timing. Mm. Yep. And how you're gonna offer your money at the end of it as well. I can imagine that's probably one of the best scenarios you get is hearing that the sellers have already purchased something and you're like, yay, this is <laughs> a nice get a one bit for me. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> number three, what are the owner's preferred settlement terms? We just spoke about that. Yeah. Um, number four, is this your pricing or the owner's? And yeah. There's, there's a reason for asking this. Some owners will have an expectation of let's say $1.1 million when the property's only worth 900 mm-hmm. If If their owners are just testing the market to see if they can get that price and they're not flexible to come down to where the market meets, it's a little bit of a waste of time sometimes. So yeah. having that idea of whether they're testing the market with this high price, whether it's the agent's price and they're a bit realistic, will give you some understanding on where to go with that. And yeah, I think we wanna, see that a lot. Yeah, you don't want to invest too much if it's the owner's price and they're not flexible and they haven't bought somewhere else. Yeah. Mm, yeah. We've recently had a client that was in two weeks' worth of negotiations um, on the price and the owner's price just wasn't shifting. Despite a divorce that was looming, it just was not shifting. And our client just had to, unfortunately, you've got to walk away at some point because it's just not, if, if someone's not moving and you're not moving, crack on. Yeah. <laughs> Come find another house. Yeah. Um, the next question, how flexible are the owners on price? And that plays in again to this same sort of situation of what's their scenario. Mm. Are they high priced now, but in two weeks they're going to have bridging finance kick in and they're going to be in a bit of bit financial desperate. pain? Yeah. Um, so that's a really good question to ask there. Number six, are the owners just testing the market or are they ready to sell? Yeah. Are they here to sit or are they here to sell? Yeah. Because yeah. we see, especially in the inner south, um, we were chatting about this a couple of weeks ago, um, we've seen property sit on the market for 12 months. In fact, yeah. one sat on the market for two years, right? So, you know, that, that really comes down to that question, you know, are they flexible? You know, what are they doing? Mm. And I think after the, the price boom, We've seen a lot of clients who will list their property with the dream of buying something else, but they're stuck at that price from 2021, 2022, and they'll list for three or four months, get their pre-approved finance all in place. So we've all done the legwork. Um, And then unfortunately, they're not, you know, flexible on their price and it sits there for four months before it's pulled and the agency agreement's expired. And I can imagine for a real estate agent, that's a little bit of a frustrating scenario because you can see the wheels moving around you and you know what realism is. Um, and then not having a buyer kind of willing to come to that point can make it tricky. Yeah, and you end up just wasting your time if you yeah. can't get to that sort of position there. Uh, so number seven, what price did you tell the owners you thought it was worth? And, again, this is just coming back to finding out that information around is this a really realistic situation that you want to get into or is this somewhere where you're going to have to wait for two weeks like your yeah. client to, to get to a price that's realistic and maybe waste that time and miss other opportunities? And that's a pretty loaded question. I can imagine if someone asked that of an agent, they'd be a little bit taken back in the open home, you know, like Absolutely. just have a look around and appreciate the white paint. Don't be <laughs> asking this of me. <laughs> um, number eight's a really good question as well. What evidence do you have for that price? Yeah. And I think in today's, you know, today's technology with CoreLogic and real estate, you know, .com and being able to search by, you know, various factors, it's pretty easy to find comparable sales to justify a price. Yeah, absolutely. We have about a 26 point, I think it is, process to price a property. 
but anybody could do that themselves. The agent will give you brochures with, you know, recent sales or comparable sales over the last few months mm-hmm. in that suburb, but that can sometimes be a hundred, $150,000 price range. Yeah. So you do need to use evidence when you are pricing a property. And I think we've all seen or been given a flyer at an open home with a property that was sold six months ago, one that was maybe eight months ago, one, two weeks ago. Like the range is, is a biased range. Yes. Yeah. Always. <laughs> um, number nine is a really good question. Are there any issues with the property, neighbour's street or area? Mm. Do they have to disclose these things? They do. If there's a material um, fact in that property that might prevent somebody from purchasing it, then they need to disclose it, such as a death in the property. Yeah, okay. What about like zoning approvals for the neighbours, you know, got a DA to go and build two storeys and no one knows yet, but but the seller does. The agent doesn't need to disclose that. So the owner does have a responsibility to disclose what they know about the property to the agent. But if the owner doesn't disclose that, then how does the agent know? How, how does, does the, the agent, agent know? know? Yeah. So some of the processes you can do is you can hop online and you can look at what development applications have been approved yeah. over the last three years and you can look at the current development applications as well. So you pop the street address in mm. and it will bring up everything in that suburb. So you can then see what's going to be negatively affecting the property or have a positive impact on that property in the future as well. And in your role, I assume you would be doing that on almost every property. Always. Yeah, it's due diligence really, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, Number 10, have any offers been made? And if yes, why didn't they go ahead? Mm. Um, Really good question to ask, especially the second part of that. Why did that offer get turned down? Yeah, what was the negative of that offer that that pulled it away? Because you could then try to avoid the same scenario. Yeah, could could be the prices right, but the settlement term was wrong. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. true actually. Uh, Number 11, how do you handle multiple offer situation? Um, that's just giving you some knowledge around what's going to happen if everybody else loves this property and goes ahead as well so you don't miss out on the property. Yeah, Yeah. and we see that quite a bit actually, particularly as we're moving a wee bit away from auctions, not a lot, there's still a lot of auctions, Um, but when they go up with a price, it's it's almost like vultures to a carcass, isn't it? And everyone's making offers, you know, one or two days in. Yeah, and we talk to clients all the time that have got pre-approvals and they've found the ideal home and they're like, oh, yeah, but there's another offer. And we're always instructing clients, okay, go back to the agent. What is the process that he's going to follow from now on? If he's got three offers, is he going to go to best and final? Um, or is he is he asking for your best offer, you know, by Tuesday? Or, you know, is he waiting for a third offer to come in? Um, mm. And when's that offer going to happen? Or, you know, so getting an idea as what the lay of the land is, when is the vendor going to make a decision and what are they looking for in that offer? Um, and number 12 rolls into this as well getting knowledge around, is there a deadline on those offers coming in? And those two sound quite stressful as a buyer. I can imagine this is where you really find your value is handling those situations. Because I know if I had to wait five days before I knew, (laughs) I would be, you know, on the white wines every night just trying to (laughs) calm down. It wouldn't be for me. Uh, Number 13, are there any points of concern in the reports or the contracts? So in Mm. the ACT, we have um, for for a property to be sold, it has to have a contract to sale. In there's a building report, compliance, pest inspection, energy rating. Um, Go through, make sure there's no unapproved structures that are really big or serious, like a roof. You'll get unapproved structures where it's a... um, I don't know, like a deck off the yes, backyard. The deck That's not patios. a big issue. But if we're talking kitchens and bathrooms unapproved, 
that's a lot of expense that you're going to have to go through. So that can come off your price. So find out that information Mm -hmm. and then go through the contract and read it yourself as well. If there is something in there in your, you know, your questioning of the agent, do you usually refer the client to go and take the contract with the unapproved structures, et cetera, et cetera, to their solicitor to get advice on that or? Yeah, absolutely. Um, We help our clients a lot with um, certifiers in the ACT and builders that we can talk to, to give them an idea before they commit to anything of what's involved in either getting a certificate of occupancy for it or whether we just walk away straight away at that point before the solicitors even get involved. And then there's clauses you can put in the contracts as well to, to cover those unapproved structures so that you have them approved by settlement. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we have a lot of information that we go through in that yeah. when those things come up. And a clause in there that allows yeah. you to get out if it's not approved. That's the golden ticket. We yeah. recently had a, uh, a client purchase um, just outside of Canberra and the house didn't have the original uh, occupancy certificate. Yeah. And the solicitor was smart enough to have it inserted in the contract that if it didn't get the occupancy certificate, then they didn't have to settle. Um, and thank heavens, because the client actually got to get out of the transaction because mm. the original development approval and what was actually built was so far apart that it could not be approved. Yeah. Um, so it, it could have been messy. It could have been very bad for that client. So, mm-hmm. yep, there you go. Uh, where are up to? 14. Do we have any proof of the repair works being done? If there is any issues that the owners may have fixed, yeah. get, get evidence of that because you'll want that security to know that. Not just little DIY jobs, hopefully. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, 15, has the price been reduced? Um, and then this just comes back into giving you a bit more power when it comes to negotiating. If the owners have already put the price down, there's a little bit of stress, there's no people wanting to buy it, let's swoop in and make a lower than the asking price offer. So you can then, again, find out that information is going to give you the power when you're negotiating. Make them sweat a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 16, how long has the property been on the market for? Again, this is just rolling into that knowledge of what's actually going on with that property. Is there something wrong with it? Has it been sitting there for a really long time? Is the price too high? Work out what's going on with that property. Are they motivated to move it or are they happy just to park? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, quite often when I I chat to agents, they'll they'll say, oh, you know, I, I listed this property and I've listed it for this much and they were testing the market and blah, but then something happens. They go and find another property and then all of a sudden they have a rush of, the vendor has a rush of motivation yeah. and then all of a sudden you see that property go back on the market for auction, you know, and, and there's a bit of a story behind it. So I think, you know, finding out how long it's been on the market, but, you know, what's the path been, you know? Yeah. Um, are, they, are they serious now um, and, and have they recently reduced the price? And that rolls into our next one, 17, what is the seller's timeline? So find out if there's something that's urgent in another month or two months when they might get a bit more realistic or are they super keen and realistic and they need to sell right now before the bank rolls in Mm. and you can get in there and purchase that property quickly from them. Because I suppose if the seller doesn't have a timeline, that's probably a bit of a red flag for you. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, can be. Uh, 18, what else should you be telling me about this home? And this Mm. rolls into the disclosure that agents need to tell you. They're not going to offer up, generally, agents won't offer up any of that um, information unless you get asked the question. We have some really great agents who will be really straightforward with their market and say, yep, there's been an incident in the property, um, but ask the question. Yeah. I suppose if you you don't ask, you don't tell, like, who's in the wrong there? You didn't ask, (laughs) so. Yeah. 
Um, 19, we've already covered. What development applications or suburb changes are in the pipeline here? Um, and this one's a great one for investors. If the local shops are about to be renewed and um, fixed up, if there's parking that's going to be put in there or new bus routes that are going to make it really accessible or a tram mm. route that's going to make it really attractive to tenants who maybe previously weren't in that area, yeah. ask that question, find that out, out that information. Yeah, because if you can get ahead of gentrification in that standpoint, surely you're making some money there. Yeah, 100%. Beautiful. Um, and our last question is probably the most important one, in my opinion. Um, how can I buy this home if I'm interested? You need to know what the next steps are and how that agent's going to run that sale. Mm. Uh, so if you're interested in it, ask what's what's the next step? What do I do next? Yeah, we get a lot of clients who will go to the open home and I think they're almost too nervous to ask that question. So they revert back to us and have you had a chat to them? Have you called them? Oh, no, no, I don't want to like, you know, get too involved. It's, but at some point... You've really got to dive in. Yeah. And I think that first open home is the place to do that because some properties, if they're priced really well, um, are going to go within that that first week. So you, you need shot. to be a little bit active on that first open home to, to make sure the agent knows you're interested in the property. And I think that's it. It's just showing the agent that you're interested in the property so you don't get left out of the loop. Exactly. You know, and because sometimes um, you've been to open homes on first days, sometimes you get 60 people through an open home, right? And so out of those 60 people, maybe 10 people ask for a contract or something. If you don't go to the agent and say, hey, I'm actually interested in this. How can I, you know, proceed to go and make a purchase? Um, though you're left out of the final 10, you know, like yep. you need to know, hey, what do I need to do to throw my hat in the ring? Um, just because you've asked that question doesn't mean you have to buy it, right? It just means that you're not going to get left out of the mm. loop. And if you've got a buyer's agent who's there at that open home, we've requested the contract before even first open home. We've done our pricing before we've gone there. We know what that property is worth. We know what it's going to sell for and how much interest it will have in the current market. And we're probably likely to be in a position where we're going to make an offer Saturday afternoon with some terms and conditions that make it really good for that owner, good enough for them to get rid of every other buyer and we're going to steal that property out from under you. So you really do need to let the agent know that you're interested. Mm, there's no reason to play coy, I think, when buying property. The old, like, treat them mean, keep them keen, they'll just sell it to Sound, someone else. Sounds like the quick and the dead, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> but, again, it's the value. Like we've been saying in using a buyer's agent, you've got that research before you go to an open home and it would then vet a lot of kind of the duds out, I can imagine, as well. Brilliant. Okay, well, I think that summarises us up for the day. So, Penny, one quick plug here. It can be as shameless as, as necessary. <laughs> Tell us where our listeners can find you online and in person um, and how we can engage in your services. Yeah, so you can find us on Instagram at pennyhide.buyersagent. Uh, we are also on Facebook and our website, pennyhide.com.au. If this conversation feels like something that's going to resonate and some help from us would be beneficial to your purchase, hop online on pennyhide.com.au. We've got a callback button. You can hop in, click the button, and our calendar's going to open up, and you can book a callback at a time that works for you. We answer the phone up until 8 p.m. in the evenings, Monday to Thursday, so if after wow. hours is more easy for you, hop on and, um, yeah, reach out, have a chat. We'd love to help you. And a small testimonial here. We've been working with Penny, particularly David, for a number of years. We've never heard anything short of fantastic feedback. And I don't think we've we've ever really never had a, a sale even fall through. It's always concrete, which is hard to find with a buyer's agent. Yeah, I think having a buyer's agent puts a, a level of professionalism to your transaction, right? It just helps 
mould the transaction and make it a seamless process. So yeah. if you've got a good broker, a good buyer's agent and a good solicitor, then that's the recipe for probably one of the best purchases you'll ever make in your life. Um, me personally, I've used buyer's agents, um, you know, over my time. And I think, you know, if if it's someone to hold your hand and the cost of a buyer's agent compared mm. to the price of the property is so small, um, yeah. you know, and if it stops you making a horrible decision, um, then, yeah, absolutely. Spend the money and get the advice. Get the advice. That's You need a tattoo that says get some get, advice. Get some advice. <laughs> it's your favourite thing to say. <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much to all of our amazing listeners for joining us this week as we welcomed our very special guest, Penny, to discuss her business and the value using a buyer's agent can provide for all markets and all transactions. If you or someone you know has been on the hunt for property, whether it be residential owner-occupied or investment, um, reach out to Penny and her team. They're ready and waiting to help you and your property goals. Brilliant. Easy done. Thanks again, Penny. Thank you for having me. See you, Dave. Thanks, Penny. Thanks, Jess. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.